Hallelujah. Yeah, so um, we're talking about Yom Teruah today, right? Today is Yom Teruah, and it's all about warning, repentance, acceptance, and judgment. You know, and so uh, I want you to keep in keep that in mind as we go through this uh, this message, because there's going to be plenty of warning in here, and it's going to be plenty of opportunity for repentance, and you're going to get a chance to, you know, accept. Except Yah as well, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, so let's jump right in. You know, Leviticus 23, 24 says, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. Hallelujah. All right, so that's what we're here to do. We're here to memorialize on um, the blowing of trumpets. You know, to memorialize something is to remember it so this is a day of remembrance and what are we to remember we're to remember the blowing of trumpets just so happened that the, those three words blowing of trumpets are translated from one word and that is teruah in the hebrew you know so it literally tells us to commemorate remember uh, remember the times of teruah and the first time of Teruah is that command. And the second time of Teruah, that Teruah is spoken of in scripture speaks to the Jubilee. And that's why um, Yom Teruah is also associated with freedom, liberty. You know, let's take, um, let's see, on Yom Teruah we're commanded to remember and listen to the Teruah. You know, that is the Teruah in plural. Um, the Teruah of the shofar, therefore, we start by defining Teruah. A Teruah is a shout or alarm. This Teruah in the Hebrew number 8643, it speaks to a clamor, i.e. a loud noise or outcry. That is an acclamation of joy or a battle cry. And that's important to remember because Teruah can be bittersweet. You know, it can be, it can be a, a, a time of tears, or it can be a time of rejoicing, amen? You know, and so take note that Teruah means, you know, to clamor, that is make a loud noise and outcry. So it doesn't matter if you have a shofar such as myself or not, you can still Teruah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know, everyone, Yah has equipped everyone with something to Teruah with. And that is your voice. That's right. You know, so that said, this is exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to start with the second mention of Teruah because this command uh, is actually the first mention of the term, as I, as I already mentioned. And it's, the second mention is found in Leviticus 25, 8 through 13. So let me have my first reader read Leviticus 25, 8 through 13. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee. Seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. 
it shall be a jubile unto you, a jubilee. And ye shall return every man unto his possession. And ye shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall the fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it. Nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee, you shall return every man unto his possession. Hallelujah. Okay, so here, hereby we see uh, that the Teruah is closely associated with the jubilee. And in verse 9, it says, Thou shalt cause the trumpet of the jubilee uh, to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement. You know, well, this word being translated as jubilee is actually Teruah, number 8643. So what's actually being said is to cause the trumpet to Teruah. You know, so Teruah speaks to the time of Jubilee, and the time of Jubilee speaks to the 50th year in the time of liberty. And this is why um, throughout scripture, the number 50 represents liberty, you know, and, you know, as well as a couple other things, but um, definitely liberty, you know, because it represents the year of Jubilee. Amen? Amen. You know, and so... This is very, very important to uh, to uh, commemorate, you know, and to keep in mind because the Day of Atonement is fast approaching. It's 10 days from today, right? Yeah. You know, but the Jubilee was a time of liberty. If, if we were to still have that system, you know, now today, you know, uh, you know, everybody would get a do-over like every seven years. Yeah. You know, so you messed up, screwed your life up. Seven years, you get a fresh start. You know, everybody would have a piece of land, you know, in which they could live off of. You know, and even if they got fell into hard times throughout that seven years, you know, and had to sell it, they get it back after seven years are over. You know, so it's, it was a wonderful system that y'all put into place. And it's going to come back, come back around in the time of y'all, right? Yeah. You know, so. Just want you to know that the Teruah is associated with the Jubilee. You know, now, like I said, Yom Teruah is all about warnings. And so as we go through these passages of Teruah, we're also going to go through some passages of warning. You know, and these warnings that I put here are the warnings to the seven churches. Because when we get in, when we get into uh, the brick kind of shower, the New Testament scriptures, what we find is that Yahshua um, told his prophet Yochanan, you know, to write down what the angels were saying to the churches. And the angels were warning the churches. And these are the same, same angels, you know, that speak during the seven trumpets. You know, so this is the day of trumpets, so perfect time to to uh, announce those warnings. Amen? Amen. You know, so we're going to start off with Revelation 2, 5, and 7. It says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. 
He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of Elohim. I have a question. He says to him that overcome them, they'll get to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of Elohim. What happens then if you don't overcome? Oh, that was pretty simple. You know, if you don't overcome, then you don't get to eat of the tree of life. You know, so so much for once saved, always saved, right? Exactly. You know, so be warned. Now, when we see this warning, as we progress through this message, that is also our signal to Teruah. So everyone with a shofar, you know, we're going to Teruah. Everybody knows, everybody knows to, uh, the four cause, right? Yes. All right. A warning. 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 <laughs> Teruah? You say the third? Yes. This is the Teruah. That is the Teruah. You know, so that's what we're talking about. That is the sound of the warning. You know, so when they would hear that, they would know that it's either a time to party or we about to go to war. <laughs> you know, so it was one or the other. You know, it wasn't too hard to figure out after that. You know, if they were asleep and they heard that, they knew it wasn't a party coming. You know, so that's what the, uh, the watchman on the wall is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be watching out for that that fast that time when it's to sound the alarm when the enemy is coming. So it's the time for our prayer. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to offer up our six o'clock prayer. Hallelujah. Okay. So, continuing on. Next, we have the walls of Jericho, the story of Jericho, which is a um, very popular story in scripture, you know, and you know, so this is also centered around Teruah. You know, Joshua 6, 1 through 5 says, Now, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And Yahuwah said unto Yahushua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, the, the king thereof, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Now, Jericho means moon. It's from Yariah. Number 3394 in the Hebrew, which means moon. So Jericho means it's moon. You know, 
And this is important, you know, uh, for those who have eyes to see, you know, because who the children of Israel was battling against, you know, in this battle was actually the children of darkness. Mm -hmm. You know, those who worship the moon, those who were up under the moon's light. You know, uh, now, all light represents wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. You know, now, if I had to, if I had to uh, correlate the great lights of the heavens, you know, to, to these things, then the sun would be wisdom. And the, the moon would actually be uh, understanding and the stars would be knowledge. But understanding is no match for wisdom. You know, uh, you know, and scripturally speaking, scripturally speaking, the um, moon oftentimes speak of faith, those who have faith, you know, but if you have faith and you don't have wisdom, you still find yourself in trouble. You know, so uh, we are called to be children of the light, not children of the night. And so Jericho represents those children of the night because the sun rules over the day and the moon rules over the night. Now, this is why when Yahshua came, he said, I am the light, you know, and so he is. And if we're children of him, then we'll be children of the day, you know. So I want you to know who Jericho represents. It represents those children of darkness. Well, where are the children of darkness today? You know, one way that you can see them is like, um, I'm going to show you a, a perfect example of it. Like today is Yom Teruah, amen? Amen. You know, okay, so today is Yom Teruah. Now, the Yahudim celebrate Yom Teruah also as what they call Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah means the new year. You know, but Yah says that Israel's new year is to be in the spring, Mm -hmm. not the fall. Amen. Amen. What's the difference betwixt the spring and the fall? In the spring, the light starts to grow. It increases every day. In the fall, from this point on, the light is decreasing every day. So shortly, the night will begin to rule over the day. But in the spring, the light begins to rule over the night. Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a, that's an incredibly important picture to be able to see. You know, so they're actually starting their year. Those who adhere to that, they're starting their year in the dark. Mm-hmm. Can you see that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Same people. They start that they start their months with the moon. Mm-hmm. Again, in darkness. So does the, you know, 
peoples of the world, if you would, you know, because our Gregorian calendar, you know, um, it also starts a day in darkness. Mm. You know, oh, and and then those same people they start their day in darkness. They they start their day in the evening, right? When it's dark or getting dark. You know, so they start their, their year in darkness, they start their months in darkness, mm -hmm. they start their days in darkness. Could they be the children of darkness? Yes. Mm -hmm. And those of us that are supposed to follow y'all are supposed to start our years in the light. Yeah. As scripture says, you know, our months in the light and our days in the light. Say la. Yeah. Thereby making us children of light see the difference yeah yeah all right so that said here it is there's this very pivotal battle now this battle is like the first battle that israel has when they come out of the wilderness too and that's a real real big big thing you know so here it is they come out of the wilderness you know and they're now they're in the promised land and these are the first people they have to get past, the children of darkness, you know, or the children of the moon. Say lie. You know, verse three says, and you shall accomplish the city, all ye men of war, and go about, go round about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark, seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall accomplish the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast, the rams, um, the rams uh, horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now, what I want to point out is in verse five, it says, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast, this is actually uh, long, long uh, ram's horn, you know, and I didn't have time to put all the definitions here, but I put the numbers so that you'll know that they're different, you know, so, and like with long blast, you can see it's the same number. So it's actually like long, long, you know, and then you have a yo bell, you know, now that's not the number for a ram's horn. It's the number for a yobel. Now the yobel is the word translated as jubilee. So he's saying that you, you know, you're supposed to declare the victory, basically. You know, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, now this word, uh, sound of the trumpet, that's it just speaks to a sound, and all the people shall shout with a great shout. Now that great shout is actually gadol to ruin. And so this is what causes the wall of the city to fall down flat. It's the teruah, you know, and it's a great teruah, you know, what's in the Hebrew called a gadol um, teruah, you know, and it says in the wall of the city shall fall down flat, you know, and that is what makes the walls fall, you know, it's because that's when Yah comes with the great shout, with the great teruah. You know, so that's one of the ways 
to get Yah in your presence mm -hmm. is to cry out unto him yes. and to roar unto him. Amen. Amen. You know, and I thought this was really interesting because on the surface, you don't really see the Teruahs standing out. But when you look behind the scenes, you can see that the Teruah is the thing that causes the wall so the city to fall down flat, you know. And sometimes we're going to get into some battles and we're going to need them walls to fall. Yeah. Right. Amen. So you have to know how to get them walls to fall. You know, seven speaks to holiness. You know, take note that he said, compass the city, um, you men of war. You know, you do that six times. Six speaks to man. Six is the number of man. It also speaks to the works of man, and it speaks to wartime. You know, and so this is why in Revelations you hear about the 666 because it's a time of war. Well, who's at war? The children of light and the children of darkness. This is why in Revelations you see that the church being persecuted. Why? Because those who came out of the bottomless pit out of darkness are fighting against the children of light. You know, and this is when we're going to need to know how to teruah. Right. This is when we're going to need to know how to make them walls fall flat so that y'all can come to our aid. Amen. Yeah. You know, so keep that in mind while we pronounce this next warning. Coming from Revelation 2, 9 through 11, it says, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Yahoo or um, to say that they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto the death, unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Ruach saith say unto the churches. He that overcome him shall not be heard of the second death. Well, what happened if um, you don't overcome Would you still not be hurt by the second death? Oh, man, that don't sound right. You know, be thou faithful unto the death, and I will give you a crown of life. If you're not faithful unto the death, then you won't receive your crown of life. And I have you know, being faithful is a is an action word. It's not just something that you believe. It's something that you do. Amen. Amen. You know, so since we've been warned, you know what time it is. Two trumpets of silver, and of a whole piece shalt thou make them. 
that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of congregation. And if they blow, but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. And when you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall, make, shall take their journeying and shall blow an alarm for their journeys. Okay, so... Hallelujah. Not, not many people realize like what this is saying. In all actuality, this is this passage is prophetic. You know, and it's actually speaking of two people. You know, um, you can read about these two people in Revelation 11. They're called the two witnesses. You know, uh silver speaks the truth. Okay, and trumpets speaks to the watchman you know we find that in ezekiel 33 you know where y'all tells him he's a watchman and he's the trumpet you know when 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 he tells him something to warn his people you know and if he don't trumpet he's gonna hold you know his people's faith you know um he's gonna hold it to ezekiel's charge or to the watchman's charge you know but if he tell them and they don't do it that's on them you know, but his job is he has to tell them. Right. All right. And that's what the trumpets do. They, the trumpets are silver. They tell the truth. They announce it. They proclaim it. They make sure everybody hears it. Amen. Amen. You know, and so that's what these um, two witnesses we read about, you know, um, that come in the end times. That's what they're going to do. They're going to be trumpeting the truth. Only thing, most people are not going to believe. Right. But those who do believe them, you know, when the first one sounds, you know, it's, they're going to know it's for a certain group to gather. And we, we learned that in verse five. It says, when you blow a teruah, an alarm, a teruah, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forward. You know, I don't know if you guys know, but both of the um, two witnesses don't come at the same time. One comes first, and then comes the other. Amen? Amen? You know, now, when the first one comes, and he blows his alarm, he sounds his teruah, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forth. Well, who was on the east parts? We had Yahuda, Yisachar, and Zebulun. You know, Yahuda speaks to those who confess Yah, Yisachar speaks to a reward, and Zebulun speaks to habitation so you put them together and you, you have those who who confess yah as their reward and habitation you know these are the ones that will gather you know to the sound of the first trumpet and then we have verse six which tells us the second time when the alarm is blown then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey and they shall blow an alarm for their journey you know and so who was lying on the south side was reuben simeon and gad reuben speaks to um means actually behold a son simeon speaks to those who 
hear of Elohim or hear, hears Elohim or are obedient to Elohim. And Gad speaks to a troop. So you put them together, you have the holy son, the obedient troop of Israel. You know, those will be those that will be gathered to the next alarm. So it's not hard to see you have both houses there. You have the house of Yahuda and the house of Israel. You know, and so one of the witnesses will be to the house of Yahuda, will be trumpeting truth to the house of Yahuda, and the other one will be trumpeting truth to the tribes of Israel, those who have become sons of Elohim, that is. You know, and so this is something that we can look out for in our actuality. Now, I want you to also take note that the east and the south are the directions of the light. The light rises in the east and then it goes south. Amen. When it gets to the west, the light is beginning, it's dissipating, it's going down. That's where it sets. And it never makes it to the north. So you see, those are the areas of darkness versus the areas of light. Now take note, it doesn't say anything about signing the Teruah for those of the west and the north. Mm -hmm. Only for the east and for the south. Those directions where the light is. See, but people read right past this and they never take these type of things into consideration. You know, but Yah is making a very profound statement in this. You know, he's only calling the children of light. Yes. Amen. Amen. Those are the only ones that the two witnesses will be gathering are the children of light. Those are the only ones who will truly be truing. Say a lot. All right, we have our third warning. Found in Revelation 2, 9 through 11. It says, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy. That's the same one, isn't it? Well, we're going to blow the same alarm, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, had a repeat in there somehow. picture of the false prophet that comes in the end times you know so let's check them out uh let me have my next reader read numbers 23 16 through 21 and yahuwah bet balaam and put a word in his mouth and said go again unto balak and say thus 
And when he came to him, behold, he stood by his burnt offering and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said unto him, what hath Yahuwah spoken? And he took up his parable and said, rise up, Balak, and hear. Hear, hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. Elohim is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld inequity, iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. Yahuwah his Elohim is with him, and the shout of a king is amongst them. Hallelujah, the king is amongst them. You know, when Yah Teruah's, everybody knows it's over. You know, everybody knows he's here. It's, it's, it's a wrap. You know, um, but like I say, like, you know, like with each one of these, I could actually like speak for well over an hour on each one of them very easily because there's so much involved in them, you know, especially concerning the end times. You know, like I say, you know, this is a picture of the false prophet. Balak, his name means devastator, you know, um, uh, which is the same as saying destroyer. You know, uh, when we go, get into revelations in the end times, it speaks of one coming up out of the boundless pit called the destroyer. You know, his name is Apollyon in the um, Greek and Abaddon in, in um, Hebrew, with both meaning destroyer or devastator. So Balak is a symbol of him. The Balaam, which was his um, prophet, you know, which was a true prophet at, at, at a point, you know, but became a false prophet, you know, is actually a picture of that false prophet that we read about in Revelation. You know, so we're talking about the two beasts, the one that come up out of the, um, the earth and the one that comes out of the water. Selah. You know, now, this, this, this is the important part, you know, the part with the Teruah. You know, when the false prophet is on the earth, they're going to be doing all types of lying signs and wonders mm -hmm. that's causing everyone to believe. And they're going to be persecuting all the children of light. They're going to be persecuting God's people. You need to understand that. Right. You know, right. why? Because God's people are going to refuse to take their mark yes. or their number uh, or their seal. Mm -hmm. Amen? Okay. You know, uh, and so this is why they're going to be persecuted because they're not going to want to be a part of their system. Mm -hmm. And so in choosing not to be a part of their system, they're going, they're, they're going to refrain them from being able to buy or sell. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? Okay, so now... How many of you are willing to give up the right to buy or sell for Yah? I see a lot of hands. Some people gave up, you know, just because they couldn't uh, travel. But anyway, you know. Say that. Say lot. I'm just here to be a trumpet. I'm to ruin today. I'm giving the warning. Yes. Amen. 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 Know 
that this false prophet is coming and, and we are very close to these times we can see some of these things even shaping up you know like yeah. even at, on the cusp you know now this false prophet is sure sure to come look out for him but also know that even when he shows up even when the beast show up that's destroying everything and destroying y'all's people know for a fact you know that he can't take your blessing yeah. See, and this is what we learned from the mm -hmm. from the um, story of Balak. You know, even though Balak was trying to pay uh, Balaam off, you know, <laughs> Balak couldn't tell him except for what y'all see. <laughs> now, the way that Balaam helped Balak was he actually got Israel to sin. Yep. That's the very important point. He got. Israel to sin. See, because as is, when Yah is with us, no one can be against us. Right. Right. See, this is why he says, I have received commandment to bless, not curse. And he have blessed, and I can't reverse it. See, even a false prophet can't go beyond the word of Elohim. That's right. You know, and he tells them why. He says, he have not beheld iniquity in Yahweh. Neither have he seen perverseness in Israel. As long as there's no iniquity in us, as long as we are not perverse in his sight, then Yah will be with us. And the shout of our king will be amongst us. And no one will be able to stand before us. You know, and so this is this is what we need to understand from this, you know, because it's coming. Yep. You know, so this is why it's important to stay in, in right standing yes. with Yah. Yes. You know, nothing is more important than staying, you know, clean and holy, mm -hmm. being without iniquity, without yes. perverseness. Because everything you do in that direction opens up a door mm -hmm. for the enemy to get to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Say lie. All right, have our next one in Revelations 2, 14 through 17 says, but I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balaam to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed mm. unto idols and commit fornication. Let's stop right there for a minute because we just was talking about Balaam and Balaam, right? Mm -hmm. And see what Revelation is talking about when he's warning the church. You know, he's saying that he, uh, Balaam taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication to cause them to be iniquitous and to become perverse in the eyes of Elohim. And when he did that, they were open to attack. Now, they now they had no defense. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. So it continues on. It says in verse fifteen, it says, "So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth." Save of he that receiveth. That sounds like good stuff, right? Yes. So what happened if you don't overcome? Mm. 
You still gonna get to eat out of hidden manna? Nope. Nope. Mm -hmm. nope. You gonna get your white stone? Nope. Nope. You gonna get a black stone? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, and you know it's gonna have a name in it you don't want to hear. <laughs> you know, so you know now. Yeah, I made that up, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're not gonna get that white stone, and you're not gonna get that new name. Everybody gonna know who you are. You're gonna be the one that went the wrong way. Amen. You know, so you've been warned. So we're gonna offer up our Teruah. unto Moshe saying, avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites. Afterwards shalt thou be gathered unto thy people. And Moshe spake unto the people saying, arm some of yourselves unto the war and let them go against the Midianites and avenge Yahuwah of Midian. And every tribe, a thousand throughout all the tribes of Israel shall ye send to the war. So there were delivered out of the thousands of Israel, a thousand of every tribe, 12,000 armed for war. And Moshe sent them to the war, a thousand of every tribe, them of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, to the war with the holy instruments and the trumpets to blow in his hand. And they warred against the Midianites, as Yahuwah commanded Moshe, and they slew all the males. And they slew the king of Midian beside the rest of them that were slain, namely Abi, Rechem, Zur, and Hur, and Rabban, five kings of Midian. Balaam, also the son of Beor, they slew with a sword. Hallelujah. Yes. All right, so here it is. Yahuwah tells Moshe to avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites. Now, this is the last, this is the last uh, battle Moshe will ever enter into, you know, and it is to advance the children of Israel of the Midianites, you know, um, still talking about Balak. Balak is the one, you know, who was, uh, who was the king of the Midianites, you know, Midian means strife. So what we're talking about, again, is that beast system, you know, that, that beast system that is causing strife in the world, especially strife against Yah's people, you know, and Yah will take vengeance upon them, you know. We're not to take vengeance upon them. Yah will take vengeance upon them, you know. And so this is actually speaking of... Uh, like the return of Yahshua in our actuality, you know, and when Yah will avenge himself of Midian, you know, and we see that 
the priest goes forth to war with the holy instruments and the trumpets to Teruah in his hand. And they warred against the Midianites as Yahuwah commanded. And they slew the kings of Midian besides the rest of them that were slain. And if, if you um, pay close attention, the ones that, that are really like um, he's utilizing to, to actually bring this vengeance are um, in Revelation, they're represented by 144,000. You know, um, it's here is spoken of as a thousand from every tribe and revelation is spoken of as 12,000 from um, every tribe um, here is 12,000 all together but these are the ones who will be warned against the Midianites you know and many of them you know many of them will still be around when Yahshua returns you know um, they're not going to be harmed because they're going to have a seal of Elohim upon them you know, and you know, Revelation speaks about that too, as as well as other places. You know, so Yah doesn't like those who create strife. We have our next warning found in Revelation two nineteen through twenty six says, "I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and the works and the last to be more than the first, notwithstanding." I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, hmm. which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. You know, hello, whore of Babylon. Hmm. And I will uh, kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. All right. You know, so you don't overcome them, then you're not going to get no power over nothing. Amen. You know, you've been warned, right? All right. So we're going to roll up in here. saints because you don't want your ark taken that's right you know this actually speaks to um what has already happened and it speaks to uh something else that's going to happen you know but it, it speaks to the destruction of the priesthood mm. you know where the priesthood was done away with and it's found in first samuel 4 1 through 6 it says in the, in the word of samuel came unto all of israel now israel went out against the philistines to battle and pitched besides ebenezer and the philistines attacked i'm sorry and the philistines pitched in Aphek, 
and the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. And when the people were come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath Yahuwah smitten us today before the Philistines? Why we lost? Why did we lose? Why we turned our back to our enemies? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of Yahuwah out of Shiloh unto us, that when it come up among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of Yahuwah Zavuot, which dwelleth between the cherubim and the two sons of Eli, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of Elohim. And when the ark of the covenant of Yahuwah came into the camp, all of Israel shouted with a great teruah, so that the earth rang. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of Yahuwah was coming to the camp. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't get happy yet. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, one of the things you know that I want to point out is their plan. Their plan was, let us fetch the ark of the covenant of Yahuwah out of Shiloh unto us. When it come up among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. Now, I want you to realize their mindset and their line of thinking. Now, the ark represents Elohim, right? Yeah. But essentially, what was it? It was something that contained the word of Elohim. Anybody with me? Because yeah. it was a box. What was in the box? The word of Elohim, right? So, they were like, come on, let's go get the container of the word of Elohim and we're going to use that to fight for us. That's like somebody today going into battle and taking a Bible with them. <laughs> and they bring the Bible out and everybody starts shopping. You know, and they, they trust in that the Bible going to fight for them. The Bible contains the word of Elohim. But Elohim don't live in the Bible. Just like Elohim didn't live in or on the earth. Amen? Amen. It's a representation of him. And it does represent his presence. But you have to know that he's bigger than that. Amen? Amen. You know, now, the word is only powerful on our behalf and only fights on our behalf. When we're in, when we're in agreement with it, right. when we're congruent yeah. with it, when we're in yeah. obedience to yeah. it, when we are iniquitous and perverse, mm. I want you to understand that the word of Elohim is of no use to us. As long as you're in wickedness and you're perverse, the word of Elohim is of no use to us. You have to repent and come into agreement with the word. You have to become obedient to the word. You have to become one with the word, and then the word will fight for you. Well, during this time, the Israelites, they weren't one with Yah. They were iniquitous. They were perverse. 
And so when we continue on with the story in verse 7 through 11, it continues and says the Philistines were afraid. So they said Elohim is coming to the camp and they said, woe unto us. For there have not been such a thing hitherto for. Woe unto us. Who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty Elohim? These are the Elohim that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Woe unto us. Who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty Elohim? These are the Elohim that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and quit yourselves like men. O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. And the Philistines fought. And Israel was smitten. Mm -hmm. And they fled every man to his tent. Mm -hmm. And there was a very great slaughter. Mm -hmm. For there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen. And the ark of, the, of Elohim was taken. Mm -hmm. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when we drop down to verse 22, you know, it speaks of Phineas' uh, wife. She was giving birth that, that same day. Yeah. And she gave birth to her son Ichabod. And she said, the glory is departed from Israel for the Ark of Elohim is taken. Now, what I want you to know and understand is that when the glory is gone from Israel, Israel has no power. They have no authority. They're like Superman, you know, with, with, a, with a pocket full of kryptonite. They're not doing nothing. You know, with Yah, they're like Superman. Without Yah, they're like nothing. You know, and the glory of Israel uh, speaks to Yahshua. Hence, we read in James 2 1, my brethren have not the faith of our Adonai Yahushua Mashiach, the um, Adonai of glory with respect to persons. You know, so he's telling them, you know, have not the faith with respect to persons. But what I want to point out is he refers to him as the Adonai of glory. Amen. You know, and so this is what was being pictured in 1 Samuel. What was being pictured is the glory of Elohim was departed from Israel because like the ark represented that which contained the word of Elohim, so was Yahshua that which contained the word of Elohim. Amen? Amen. Can you see that? You know, so once you lose the glory of Elohim, you're nothing. You're nothing. You're, 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 you're praying. You pray for the predators, and they come. You know, so this is why. You know, because the story don't make much sense unless you know why. You know, they lost, and it's found in First Samuel twenty-seven through thirty-four. It says, "And there came a man of Elohim unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith Yahuwah." Did I plainly appear into the house of thy father when they were in Israel in the Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer up my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and mine offering which I have commanded in my habitation? And honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. 
Wherefore, Yahuwah Elohim of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and thy father, the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. But now Yahuwah said, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house that there shall not be an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation. And in all the wealth which Elohim shall give Israel, there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine, and the man of thine whom I shall cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to breathe thine heart and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age, and this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni and Phinehas in one day. Uh, it's both of them, they both will die. I can't see it, but it's, it speaks of both of them dying in one day, and that's what happened, you know, in First Samuel 4, right? We read about both of them dying, but what I want you to see is that you know, the glory left Israel, you know, when the priesthood was forsaken by Yah. Now, I want you to think about that because this actually happened later too. It happened when Yahshua forsook the priesthood. Even as the Ark of the Covenant was symbolic of Yahshua, the word of Elohim, the presence of Elohim, because he was Emmanuel, El with us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so even as Yahshua was symbolic of that, um, or that I should say the Ark of the Covenant was symbolic of Yahshua, when Yahshua came, the Ark was taken. It was taken when he was exalted um, and lifted up to the right hand of the Father when they slew him, after they slew him and he was resurrected. You know, and from that point, after that, the temple was destroyed and the priest was displaced. They no longer had the ark, not spiritually and not physically. And the ark is still gone, even to this day. And the priesthood is still gone because there's no temple, even to this day. Can you see that? You know? So I want you to be able to see that because these things, even though they're in the Old Testament, they speak to the New Testament. You know, they speak to even our times, you know. And so I want you to understand where we are, you know. Now, Yahshua is gone. The priesthood is destroyed just like it happened in 1 Samuel. You know, now he says, thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation. And that's what we see now today. You know, remember the Philistines had the Ark of Elohim. They had the Ark of the Covenant. You know, and so this is what we this is what we see today. You know, a lot of the enemies have the word of Elohim. A lot of our enemies, you know, are in. The habitation of Elohim. This is why Yahshua tells the parable of the wheat and the tares. You know, because they're right in our midst. Amen. Right. You know, and so 
but it was foretold way back in first samuel it was foretold that it would happen you know so i want you to understand these things and understand where we are you know because one day the ark comes goes home amen we have our next warning. It's found in Revelations 3, 1 through 5. It says, And unto the angel of the church of Sardis, write, These things saith he that hath the seven churches of El the seven spirits of Elohim and the seven stars, I know thy works. That thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before Elohim. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on, on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. We talked about this yesterday, didn't we? Mm -hmm. But I will confess his name before my father mm -hmm. and before his angels. Yes. Well, yeah. if you don't overcome, he's not confessing your name. Right. You're not going to have no white ring. You're going to have an old dirty clothes that you died in. And he's not going to blot your He's going to blot your name way out the book of life. You know, if it ever got in there. Mm. Say lie, right? You've been warned. when there was no temple. So what did they have in lieu of a temple? They had a tabernacle. See, and this is why, you know, it was prophesied that the tabernacle of David will be reinstituted because Yah, in his, in his um, incredible foresight and all-knowingness, knew that, that the temple was going to be destroyed one day. You know, and the tabernacle of David would be reinstituted. Now, I want you to understand David means the beloved, you know, and the tabernacle of David is synonymous with saying the tabernacle of Yahshua. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. All right. You know, so we have no temple today. <clears throat> so we're supposed to have a tabernacle, you know, we're supposed to have a tabernacle. We are supposed to have a tabernacle. If you do not have a tabernacle, your job is to make a tabernacle. This is why when there was no temple, Yah gave Moshe instruction for the Israel for Israel to make a tabernacle. Okay, we're in those same type of days. In that same time, there is no temple. So Yah is telling us, 
we need to make a tabernacle. But we're not to make the tabernacle of Moshe, we're to make the tabernacle of David. How do we know this? Because scripture tells us that he would reinstitute the tabernacle of David. Now, to think about the tabernacle of, of David, you know, it's a pretty important point concerning the making of the tabernacle of David. They, they had some problems, you know, with the tabernacle of David early on. That's what we're going to read about. It's found in 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 7. It says again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him into, uh, from the ballet of Yahuda to bring up from thence the Ark of Elohim, whose name is called by the name of Yahuwah Zavaot, that dwelleth between the cherubim. And they set the Ark of Elohim upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab. Now take note, you know. Um, that he, well, I, we'll talk about that in a minute. The house of Abinadab, which was in Gibeah, and Uzzah and Akio, and the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of Elohim. And Akio went before the ark, and David and all the house of Israel played before Yahuwah on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries, and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nakan's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand, put forth his hand to the Ark of Elohim and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of Yahuwah was kindled against Uzzah, and Elohim smote him there for his error. And there he died by the Ark of Elohim. Whoa. Yep. That's what happened. All right. Point that I want to make is uh, David, he gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000 of them. They were the leaders of Israel. That's what that ballet of Yahuda speaks to. They were the leaders of, um, of Yahuda. And he was bringing up the ark. He set the ark of Elohim on a new cart. And this, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Many, most, mostly all, are trying to carry Yah on a new car. They're trying to carry Yah in their own strength. That's what Uzzah means. Uzzah means strength. He put forth his hand to the ark and took hold of it because it was it was about to fall. Well, little did he know, Yah wanted it to fall. You know, and he got smoked there for his error because he wasn't supposed to touch the ark. Amen? Mm -hmm. So he died there by the ark of Elohim. You know, the point that I'm making is when David first erected the tabernacle, he couldn't get the ark in the tabernacle. And the reason he couldn't get the ark in the tabernacle is because he was trying to do it his way. You know, he had all the chosen men of Israel. He had all the leaders, you know, and he put it on a new cart. Because that's the way they received it. Remember, it, it was with the Philistines. Well, when they got it back, it was on a new cart. 
It was on a new cart with some unclean things. Mm -hmm. some, some idols. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are carrying the Ark of Elohim on a new cart even now today with idols. You know, and again, that causes us to become perverse. It causes us to be iniquitous in the eyes of Elohim. And so therefore, he's not going to dwell in your tabernacle. See, a tabernacle is a temporary dwelling place. And it represents our bodies, which are supposed to be temporary dwelling places. The habitation of Elohim in lieu of him having a temple. Amen? You know, but when you erect your tabernacle on his behalf, you're not going to get his presence within you if you do it a new way. If you do it any way outside of the way he prescribed in scripture, it's not going to happen. Every time you try to do it your way in your strength, he's going to cause you to die. And so you have a lot of folks walking around with empty tabernacles. Because they want to do it their way. They don't want to return to the ancient paths. That scripture said. See, David, you know, he caught on. When you read about the second time that he that he um, sought to bring in the ark, you see that he didn't have a chosen man of Israel. He had the Levites. Mm -hmm those who were commanded via scripture to carry the ark they wasn't no no cart they were on they were on their shoulders mm -hmm. see why the levites because the levites represents those who are joined to yah right. that's what levi means to be joined to it represents the bride of yahshua those who are joined to him you know they're to carry him on their shoulders in their minds this is how you're going to get the ark into your tabernacle you know you can't put it on a new car you got to put it on the shoulders of the bride you know and you can't do it in your own strength you got to do it in congruent congruent to the word of elohim you know, so understand Uzzah's error so that you don't die or that you don't continue to die. Keep trying to bring an ark, the ark of the covenant in and you are just walking around with an empty tabernacle. So learn the lesson that David had to learn. You know, learn from his error. Don't make the same thing. There's a lot of people that's doing it, you know, and it speaks of the instrument instruments that was that was being being made, you know. Um, and when they were celebrating, they were blowing blowing the uh, the uh, making the teruah. You know, uh, I was looking for the actual verse. Where is that? Uh, but trust me, it's in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't see it, but somewhere in the story. You know, the point that, I, um, that I'm making is we have to get the Ark of the Covenant into 
our tabernacles. You know, we're the beloved of Elohim, and we have tabernacles, but without the ark, we're nothing. We're nothing. We have to get it in. You know, so we have our next one. Found in Revelation 10, 11 through 12, it says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my Elohim. And he shall go out no more, and I will write upon him the name of my Elohim and the name of the city of my Elohim, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of the heaven from my Elohim. I will write upon him my new name. You know, and so I want you to, you to see that if you don't overcome, you won't be a pillar. This is, of course, the church of Philadelphia. The, um, the, the other one that, was, that found favor was the church of Smyrna, you know, and it's very important to understand that these folks go through a lot, you know, but they keep his word, you know, even, even um, to the end. And they will not lose their crown, you know, so we've been warned, right? All right, that's, that's Teruah. <laughs> Elohim's temple, not Elohim's sovereign hand. You know, so what I want you to understand is that, yes, you know, we are the tabernacles of Elohim. You know, our objective is to make him a tabernacle. Now, you have to make him a tabernacle according to scripture. You can't do what you want to do. And you have to get his ark in there in accordance to scripture. You know, can't do it like Uzzah and, and his company and, and David in the first go round. We have to do it scripturally, you know, and know that even as we are erecting tabernacles of David for Elohim, for Yahshua and Elohim to dwell within us, Yahshua is preparing a place for us, you know, and he's building a temple. Amen. He's building a temple, you know, um, and guess who's the bricks? You know, those who are successful in getting the Ark of the Covenant within their tabernacle, their loving tabernacle, will become a brick in his temple. And those who don't, they, they're, gonna, they're not going to make it. Yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> not going to make it. You know, so this is what the story of Ezra is about. You know, it's about that that temple that's being made without hands in all actuality. Uh, we read about it in Ezra 3, 8 through 13. Let me have my um, next reader read Ezra 3, 8 through 13. Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of Elohim at Jerusalem, in the second month between uh, began 
Zerubiel, the son of Shetali, and Jesha, the son of Josedad, and the remnant of the of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all that all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem and appointed the Levites for twenty years of twenty years old and up to set forward the work of the house of Yahuwah. This <laughs> then stood just uh Jesu with Jesu with his sons and his brethren, Kameli and his sons and the sons of Judah together to set forth the workmen in the house of, of Yahuwah. Uh, the sons of Hernadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of Yahuwah, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and Levites, the sons of Aser, Asra with symbol to praise Yahuwah at the, at the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by chorus of praising and giving thanks unto Yahuwah because he is good for his mercy and doeth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised Yahuwah because of the foundation of the house of Yahuwah was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and the chief of the fathers were who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of the house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy. So the people could could not discern discern the voice of the of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people uh, for the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off Hallelujah. okay so again this is prophetic of this temple that's being made without hands this is all about this temple being made without hands um, by Yahshua so much so that we see Yahshua is even pictured, you know, um, in the text. It says, you know, now in the second year, they're coming unto the house of Elohim at Jerusalem. The second month begins the Rubabel, <clears throat> which speaks to those who are um, planted in confusion. That speaks to like all of us because we were all planted in confusion. Amen. Yes. You know, uh, the son of Sheltiel and Yahshua the son of Yozadak, you know, and the remnant of their brother and the priest, you know, and so here it is. We even have Yahshua's name right in the actual text. What I want you to know and understand is that this is speaking prophetically of that temple being made without hands. And it's letting you know that it's Yahshua's work, you know, and he is the cornerstone of it, you know. Um, now they were teruing because the foundation was laid, you know, and this actually happened by the first, the first uh, ecclesia of Yahshua. When Yahshua came, he was that cornerstone, you know, and then 
the apostles began to be laid upon him, you know, and everyone that believed back during that time, they began to lay, lay and make that foundation, if you would. And so we have the foundation. The foundation is the brick karasha, you know, but the walls and all the, and the rafters and all the other parts has been being added to it throughout from the saints from that point all the way up till now. You know, and so, you know, those of us who come last, we're going to be the roof. You know, and this is why, you know, Yahshua would say the last will be first and the first will be last. The roof is the first because they're the closest to Elohim. The foundation are the last because they're the furthest away. They're the closest to the earth. You know, now, of course, Yahshua is the first and the last. Right. Amen. You know, but I'm trying to get you to see the picture here. You know, that even though there is no temple, one is being made. You know, and in the meantime and in between time, we are to have, have the ark within the tabernacles of Dabi, the tabernacles of the beloved of Elohim. You understand? Yeah. You know, we are to be those loving tabernacles of Elohim. Now, the thing is, it says when this happened, it says the people could not discern the noise of the shout. Now, this is very prophetic. The, the noise of the shout is the noise of the teruah of joy. You know, now, remember, teruah can speak to it can speak to wartime or it can speak to rejoicing. Now, there was a teruah of joy, but there was also a sound of despair, the noise of weeping. And it said that, you know, that they both were so loud that you couldn't tell one from the other. Now, the picture that's being portrayed here is that with the building of this temple made without hands, the picture that's being portrayed is that it's going to be bittersweet. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a joyous time, but it's gonna be a sad time. And why is it gonna be a joyous yet a sad time? Because those of us who rejoice in Yahshua suffer in the flesh. Hence, Yahshua says, "Rejoice, rejoice, be exceedingly glad when ye are persecuted for righteousness' sake or for my name's sake." Yes. <clears throat> So you have to understand that those of us are per that's persecuted for righteousness sake or for his name's sake, you know, our flesh is going to be going through H-E double hockey sticks. Right. You understand? Yes. You know, but our Ruachs are going to be rejoicing and dancing right. and, 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 and we're going to be celebrating. Yes. Yes. But don't think for a minute that it's going to be something easy. No, it's going to be something bittersweet. Right. You know, trust and believe it'll be well worth it in the end. Yeah. You know, but I'm just trying to show you an accurate picture, you know, because so many people paint this, 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 you know, just unrealistic, pretty picture, sugar and spice and everything nice, you know, and it's just not like that. You know, that's not what scripture teaches. You know, when you look at all his saints from the time, from the time of uh, Abel all the way, all the way up into the brick kind of side to the apostles. They all suffered. Right. They all was misused. They all was misrepresented. They all was, was, uh, was persecuted. They all was beat up on. They all was murdered. They all was, 
you know, taken advantage of in every which um, kind of way. How could you possibly think you're going to get around it? You know, especially when Yahshua say, pick up your torture stake. He gave you a hint and a half right there. <laughs> right, right. When he picked up his torture stake, he wasn't going to have a party. He was going to die. He was going to suffer unto death. Hence, it's called the torture stake. He was being tortured. So please understand these things. You know, no, see, your flesh is going to sound horrendous. But a temporary time of suffering for an eternal time of, of bliss, mm. you know, that's the price I'm willing to pay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our next warning, Revelations 3, 15 through 19. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Mm. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Mm. I know it's not that thou art, oh, and know it's not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor yeah. and blind and naked. Yeah. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, mm. that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, mm. and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Yes. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Yeah. And this is, of course, the church of Laodicea, yeah. you know, and they were rich in monetary and physical and material things, mm -hmm. but poor spiritually. Spirit, mm -hmm. yes. And so, you know, yeah, they ain't make it. You know, most of them, like, they not, they, they're just not gonna make it, mm -hmm. you know, so. Uh, yeah, you've been warned. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, time yeah. is. You've been warned. <laughs> Certainly not least, the day of Yahoo. Because that's what's coming. You know? yes. When the temple is done, finishing touches, Yah's going to have his day. Spoken of in Zephaniah. 1 14 through 18 it says in the great day of yahoo is near it is near be warned it is near and hasten greatly even the voice of the day of yahoo the mighty man shall cry there bitterly that's that's the mighty man crying. the day is a day of wrath a day of trouble and distress a day of wasteness and desolation a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm, the teruah against the fenced cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against Yahuwah and their blood shall be poured out as dust and their flesh as the dung. Neither shall their silver nor their gold 
shall be able to deliver them in the day of Yahuwah's wrath. But Yah, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. And he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Did you take note that he says he will bring distress upon yeah. men because they have sinned yeah. against Yahoo? Yeah, right. Yep. You know, but what is sin? Sin is transgression of the law. First Yoke 9, 3 and 4, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is transgressive of the law. That is transgression of Torah. You know, and now that Yahshua has come, this transgression of Yahshua's commandments, words, and sayings, in addition to Torah. So understand that you cannot get around doing what Yah said do. No matter if he said it through Moshe or if he said it through Yahshua, do it. You know, it's not that many commands. You know, many people, you know, they 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 turn they turn a deaf ear to the commandments of Elohim, but then you know they adhere to all the commandments of the land. Mm -hmm. right. You know, but I'll have you know that they cannot number, literally cannot number all of the laws of the United States. Mm -hmm. They've tried and they can't do it. They said it takes several lifetimes. Mm -hmm. But you cool with that. But you don't want to do what y'all said do. Yeah, you've been warned. Matthew Yahoo 721 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Let's stop there for a second. Because this is talking about people who are mighty in the church. This is talking about your leaders. He's talking about your bishops, your pastors. Your evangelists, your prophets, your teachers. Right. They're casting out devils. They're prophesying in his name. They're doing all these works in his name. Know who's being spoken of here. They're the ones who calling him Lord. They calling on him. They think that they're heels. See, but in fact, they're tabernacles of David, but they just didn't get the ark inside. And the reason they couldn't get the ark inside is because they are doing it wrong. They're not following scripture. And when you don't follow scripture and you belong to Yah, you covenanted with him, but you don't follow scripture, which is the words of his covenant. Then you find yourself perverse and iniquitous in his sight. And Hence, they can't get the ark, the presence of Elohim within them. And Matthew Yahoo 7.23, our last warning, says, Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Yah is not playing about his word. You know, some people, they trying to wait to the last minute and be like the male factor on the cross, you know. That got in just in the nick of time. 
Goodbye. Bill Warren.